uh-huh. getting this now, but it's like I'm I'm doing camps and shish around uh-huh. around town, and I'm getting these guys that are like grown ass men being like, "Hey, remember I was at your <laughs> camp no. when I was like twelve or 13? I'm like, dude, you're like twenty three <laughs> yeah, right now. I'm 22, like, so yeah. After my senior year in college, <laughs> you, were, yeah, you weren't so even born when yeah, I was I drafted. Help. Thanks, that makes me feel awesome. Yeah, I'm almost fifty, but guess what? We're we're the guy that we used to make fun of in the clubhouse. Is like, listen, to this old bastard talking <laughs> yeah, about he used to could. I'm the used to could now. trash happened quick. I love it. Uh, no, no, oh, this is great. This is great. Uh, is, that, is that why you wanted us on a podcast here? Is these two, like, we can't even wait to get Listen, this, this is, started. This is Mound Visit, bro. Yeah. This is Mound Visit. Well, who there better to have on as my <laughs> first real guest on a show that I uh, helped name here and pull together than one of my best catchers, my best friends in baseball, John Buck. Got to, got to play on three different teams with him. So uh, we go way back and we go all over the place. Thank you, Buck. Well, it's got, you brought up the name. It was funny. I was looking through my stuff because we were looking for the link or whatever, right? In this name, Mound Visit with Jason and rep, what it represents. You know, and I don't know your guys' conversation. I can imagine how it's grown the same way it is in my world with this technological content mm-hmm. thing. And, and the things that Jason has to say, you guys obviously recognize it as an asset. And, he, and we both saw this when we were both playing next level mm. locker some of the things i'm sure he's probably thrown up on you but this this mound visit he's been saying mound visit and what it is and this thing of like what it really is like what i'm really doing and pulling out of jason or zach grinky or harvey mm. or who do i need to be on yeah. this mound visit and Jason articulating, we're in a Pirates bullpen. Now, I don't, this is in like 2013. 13. Was it 13? Wow. Oh, it 13. So, John, that was 10 years ago. Here, 2013. So, you're, <laughs> I know, you know, what we were just talking about when he loaded this thing on. But it's been this idea that's cooked in Jason that I understand because it's, we're just able to formulize what our experiences are and everybody, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, which you two smart gentlemen have helped him formulate here, but it's this mound visit of Jason's idea of, of, Hey, let's share some of our experiences and us talking about that. And me saying, having a product of lizard skin and these things like Jason, yeah. that's real. Like that mound visit idea, keep doing it. So I've always, tri- you know, like, Hey, Jason, you should do this. You should do this. This mound visit thing, it's a it's good. And the knowledge you have of the game and the passion you bring and what's really going on in a mound visit, especially when Jason was on the mound, that was a big – like it meant something if he screwed up. I mean, yeah, he lost the absolutely. game, right? So that was, those mound visits were very important for him. So I think, you know, to hopefully serve the first guest, if you will, justice on the name – as Jason tried to brush past it. Let's not just brush past that. I know this name for Jason means so much to him and, and the concept, what it is, this mound visit. I mean, that's kind of where our relationship started was 
being in struggle and like, dude, how are we going to yeah. figure this out together? Here's this mound visit. Like, what are we going to do to get out of this? Because I got a little bit of the hips <laughs> back to you. And then we got those three, four, five hitters trying to rip <laughs> our heads off. And then your slider's a little shitty because your back ankle and yeah. your Achilles is got you. Like, how are we going to do this? You know, that's the old visit that's... that you had, right? Not the young visit. Hey, that's why, change that's why the scene so... out of Bull Durham is the best. Like, hey, what are we going to get, you know? Yeah. Candles. Oh, dude, it captures it. In the, <laughs> in the weirdest of ways, because only a guy like Jason or I can be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Or you guys being baseball guys. Like, oh, yeah, bucket of chicken, live chicken. We, Yeah, that's a normal <laughs> Yeah, we can see how that normally crosses it's, in a clubhouse. They're yeah, trying to get rid of the mound visit with the, uh, the, 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 the earpiece, you know? Like, oh, the speakers that they're wearing and the oh, um, pitchcom, pitchcom. That's what it's called. They're trying to get rid of it? I mean, it's not necessarily that they're uh, – I think They're yeah. not necessarily trying to get rid of it. I think it's just they're, it's another attempt to speed they're up evolving. the game. I think it's a place where, techn- yeah, where, technolo- where technology can – evolve i think they're doing that but i think the mound visit and things can end up being it's going to be right. different it's going to be like like hey jason why the hell you want to throw this and then uh, jason's jason, going to be on the mound just shut up shut up just throw what i want was, and then you're going to hear go this back out visit. to that place i took you last night after the game watch that band <laughs> again just get back there because this game's over that's what it was said there By you way, go i've known buck for yeah. Four minutes. I know, and I can see how these two gravitated towards each other. Yeah, it's it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it, it, it's it. Well, I think too is if you if you were to see me with like a uh, maybe a little more calmer. Okay, so it picture, changes kind of based on. I the... would. I would. I would like since we're going on the theme yeah. of mound visit, I would have that mound visit be a yeah. little more chill. I know where Jason's energy <laughs> level is. I know where he operates. Like where his answer. Right, if we're keeping this baseball mound visit, is and I'm and I'm being a catcher, getting the most out of it. Jason's energy level is that I will take this ball, shove it down his throat, and tell me that this game's over. Like that's him, you know. So being able to know that personality and mirror that and bring that, I know that that and that slider and that curveball and that slider, and he's coming up to punch my chest afterwards. Like I, we've articulated that and we've executed it in the mound visit in the bullpen and all the way out. And I know when I'm doing those mound visits, when I need to step on his toes and bring him, Jason, I'm mirroring that energy that you guys are seeing that connection. Now, if it's Zach or something, I got to yeah. tone that down. That mound visit's going to be a lot different. You're reading and, the room. And I think you would see that same. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what yeah. you're doing in the mound visit. What are the catchers? What's the, in that uh, Cause this visit. is some, I mean, we, we started off this, this, this interview with, with John just, guns of blazing so i think for for the people that are listening we are we're talking with uh former mlb all-star john buck right now who jason was kind enough to get on with us but uh we want to jump right into it i think kind of going off that this is something i've always wanted to ask because i mean i've had i was a pitcher in in high school and in college so i know kind of what a mound visit is like but i fit when you get to the professional level what is the because obviously you've been talking about your role in a mound visit with you know different pitchers and stuff like that, but what's the pitching coach's role in a mound visit? What what's the conversation when he comes out there? Is it is it mechanical stuff or does that kind of depend based on the pitcher? You don't want to get you know guys too inside their head stuff like that. What does that conversation look like? 
Um, Jason, I, you know, you may have different perspective being on the mound, receiving into that pitching coach, but I know Mike Maddox, uh, has a thing and he was a tutor, like somebody I really looked up to because in the minor leagues, how to relate with these pitchers in double a round rock. He's coming right off the field. I got him and Nolan Ryan telling me what just worked for them. Like at the old wow. stage I'm at right now, they used to could. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hearing them and I'm buying, I'm buying into them of what, what they're doing, observing energy and what's his presence. Jason yeah. high energy. And he even, if you watch him and you can look it up and Google this, Look at Mike Maddox when he goes on the mound. He puts right, his yeah. hand on the pitcher. Yep. And he's getting that he's getting that vibe. I think what you're doing, it's, it's his way of tapping into, like, where is this? Because he already knows, am I going to go out there and talk mechanics with this guy? Am I going to go out there? Am I going to go out there and pitch to contact? What am I going to do? And so he has an idea. So when he's going out to gauge that, he's yeah. feeling energy. Yeah. Sort of stuff going on. Horse He's three. feeling that. He's that in tune with his guy. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, whatever you call it, you're getting him to buy into him in whatever way he knows how. And that's that's either Mike Master pitching coach. He, he was a uh, pitching coach. Great manager, though. He he was a feel guy. Get got personal. He made you calm down. Could I tell you from a pitcher's perspective? Yeah. Sometimes when you're going out there, um, you you there were times where it's like. I just don't know this. This is unraveling, and I'm giving you my best. Or, uh, yeah, I'm scared shitless, and I can't fit a grease BB up my rear end right now. So <laughs> whatever you guys got, I got, because I don't know. I, I just don't know. And that beer and nachos back there, and the guy that's foaming at the mouth yelling at me because I've created a situation, and he might be losing some money on FanDuel or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> so somebody help. Because I'm trying my best out here. So it was always a very honest conversation, to say the least, between the pitching coach, the catcher, and well, I think I. Yeah. Well, I think you have to be because at that moment, like I said, it's drastic yeah. things are about right. to happen, good or bad, and so I think it's you're at a vulnerable state, like Jason's saying, like you get normally a big baseball player, they're not saying, "Hey, I right, feel right. scared, and vulnerable, like I'm throwing up beforehand." And this is how I deal with it. You're at a spot where all three of us are at a level. We are the best in the world. And we're at that spot in the moment, literally in the moment. How do we, how do I get this picture to be even more so in the moment? Not thinking about the 10 mechanical things or that picture booing him in the 10th row or whatever may have his mind. I got to bring him back. And if that means match Jason's energy, whatever it is, whatever that cue is, that's what, you know why Maddox is good and Baker's good is because they got this feel and this instinct on players to yeah. get the most out of them, and I think that's really what it matters. I gotta tell you, I, listening you know, to this, first. I just think of the ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, fifteen-year-old catcher, yep. and this is some high-level stuff yeah. that you're talking about here. You know about going out there, feeling the situation. You know that age, they're just trying to catch a ball. Maybe the higher levels, they they know how to. Well, you, yes and no. Now, now see that anxiety is a little more T-ballish. It may be. Yep. My dad. Yeah. Is he looking over on the fence? That's what we're doing a little. That's what Jason is now. Now, my two or three inches and my Mm. six degree, there's still thoughts that aren't on that well-defined zone. My job is to get him on the well. 
not thinking, ah, oh, the eight inches. I know, John, am I dropping down? Like, <laughs> shut up, Jason. Locate the spot. Quit thinking about Lindor, whoever bouncing around at site, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the distraction may be, right? Like, my job is to get you back here. Whether it's the little league kid now, us as coaches, which we should be, is oh, if they throw or make a play, and it's like before they throw to first, they like yeah. to check out dad and throw. That's that's thoughts. That's being derailed in the zone where you're saying this nervousness of it, refocusing our kids of, okay, for example, third base coach, swing at a high pitch. Stop swinging at the high pitches, little Johnny. Your brain just heard swing at high pitches. Right. So, for example, if if we're able to limit that instruction to like, hey, only swinging for our pitch, we're expecting our pitch, our pitch only. That's a drastically different message that we've implanted in their brain. So giving those simple things to reduce thoughts, it's the same thing as a mound visit for Jason. But for us as Little League, it's, hey, dad, don't give 10 things or coach and be mindful of the verbiage you're saying to create the zone. You know, that. and that's and that's a mountain. That because really, it's confidence. I can tell you as a uh, rookie or inexperienced bullpen guy, because I was converted from a starter to a reliever. I can tell you that you know we're just talking about confidence here, really. Um, and as I'll tell you, the most confidence I got from not just the pitching coach, but our manager when I played in Anaheim, I didn't give up. There's on YouTube. It's one of my favorite outings. I, I had to get jams. I had to get out of. It was against the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. And I think I got two squibbers. I got two infield hits. The ball didn't leave the infield. I walked the guy, and I got out of it. It was bases loaded, uh, you know, bottom of the ninth. And Mike Sosha looked at me, and I go, I got it. If you'll give it to me, I got it. He didn't even come out to the mound. So that mound visit was like respect. You're my veteran. And I think that evolves with time. But I had the confidence, like, listen, I already, I don't have that anxiety anymore. And it comes with age, right, Bucky? Yeah. yeah. Some of the things, like you said, yeah. you had the yips and this and that. But that's all just confidence stuff. And Bucky, if you can't tell already, he loves the mind stuff. He's all into reading about the mind and how the mind goes. Like That's what a catcher is. Some of us dumb-dumbs, we do too. They, they like to pick on us dumb pitchers. Mm-hmm. We're not so dumb either. We're, we're just, we have to work. Yeah. Kickers. We call you kickers. That's yeah. Sweeney would call you kickers. <laughs> You're like kind of an athlete. Super important. Super important, but you're kind of an athlete. They give us the ball and touch the ball the most on the team. I don't know. We must be real stupid, you know. But they need a catcher to think for you. But whatever. This this conversation can go round and round. We need you and you need us. That's that's why we go out to breakfast, lunch, and dinner together, man. Hey, John, what were the things you had to do to get rid of the yips? Um, well, I, I think it was one understanding like what was going on, right? Uh, I had a concussion okay. in Toronto, I banged my head, continued playing, realizing mm. what it was, was, you know, an injury to my prefrontal cortex, inflammation, things of that nature, doing a lot of stuff and understanding with slow the game down. Dr. Harrison, that's been around it's a lot of the eye tracking stuff. I was super into my body. That's what we had, right? And I love working out and I love getting whatever physical edge. So that was a thing that I was able to kind of measure. That was also, I could tell that I wasn't right as this was going. Uh, And then also learning how to, 
I was really hard and everything always came easy to me, right? And I didn't realize my habits and things that were good just switched over to bad habits. My brain, like I'd never thrown one away, but the, my habits of what I was feeding my brain, throw the ball to a well-defined zone, whatever it is, right? We naturally do that. All of a sudden it was like, is this, some guys with injuries, is this going to hurt mm. on this throw? <clears throat> and they get the yips. So their brain gets caught on that. I had to rewire that. So once one, understand what it is. And then after that, rewiring it with confidence. There's that word again. Yep. That seems yeah. to be our you know, unpronounced theme of, a, uh, of the mound visit is I had to create the, the confidence that, hey, this was never a thing. This was almost false belief that came up weirdly enough like in a all-star game that things were where my my serotonin like my adrenaline wow. went up and my body couldn't regulate what was going on so that's also why i know a lot about these things because i had to learn how to self-regulate mm -hmm. that you know panic attacks if you will and really control that as at the, the same way a sniper would have to yeah. lower his heart rate and control that. It's the same skills. It's the same skill set to be able to do that. In athletes, I did it. I could do it. As soon as somebody would throw, it would activate. So I knew that this thing was going on. So it was practice of feeling comfortable in that weird, funny enough, just throwing it simple back to the pitcher. I'd never thrown one away, but my mind had caught on to that for other reasons, inflammation in the brain, brain injury. But it was rewiring that with confidence and giving that confident dialect in my brain rather than all the other noise. Fascinating. Whether it's a pitcher, this, So that, you didn't pitcher. take, so that was, it was really you, learning. You didn't take the advice from major league two with a catcher. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember that? Uh, put the uh, roses out front. Okay. Oh yeah. We tried just that. Just making sure. No, you see, you see even, heck, we saw Jeter just recently talking about how he wore the, the golden thong. <laughs> I, feel I, like I, that's didn't a thing for I didn't see it. I didn't see that. Players, right? <laughs> yeah. And there was something I, I was just watching where he wore Giambi's, or, or was I assumed <laughs> to be Giambi's thing? I was, you know, something I was watching. Read. Yeah, like he wore his thong. He was like, oh, for whatever, and then wore it, like with a homer. Just wore it on the outside yeah, of his short sure he did. Like us baseball, us metal midgets, we'll wear that right what on the skin if we'll give us a hit. What was that roses out front? Isn't that what that catcher says? Roses it was roses out front, but it was also reciting <laughs> the porn mags that he was reading <laughs> when he was. Yeah. was it, see, the funny thing is, and the funny thing is, is is because uh, I talked with Dan Mann, our partner, because he's a lot of production, right? And it's taking these little nuances of, of the game and kind of Hollywooding yeah. them up. There is some science there, and getting that and thinking about your thoughts. See how that science of that is there. But uh, yeah, it's. it's a I didn't weird read up on Chuck bring. Knobloch. It's an interesting. And thing. what he had to do, you know, yeah. to overcome that. Well, I, I don't know if he even I don't really. He I don't, yeah, I think that was one you of know, those things it, where it sort of it kind of derailed his career a little bit at that point. But there's a lot of guys. Well, I think it derails more than just career. Yeah. Like people don't realize. I mean, it's a. I think what it is, it's. I think uh, obviously with mental health and things coming up. I think the amount of stress, how we use it, the things that are also aided into yeah. our lives, yeah. mm -hmm. it adds so many different stresses. And then if you think the yips is just showing up now, you're mm -hmm. twisted. Awful, this has been up. Yeah. You hear yeah. stories going to Negro Leagues Hall of Fame, you know, Baseball Hall of Fame, 
Uh, you hear you hear about what a, what a they just lost going to I was gonna say oh, Rick and yeah. Keel, yeah. Yeah. An amazing story to make it to the big leagues as a pitcher, go all the way back and then make it as an outfielder, a position player. Holy incredible. God. I he was on he was with me playing with me while I was doing my stuff. I'd get to go on bus trips, be like, Rick, <laughs> what do you think? It's like, dude, like conversations like John, you can't even tell. And though that would yeah, say sure. something to me. Like, yeah, you can't even tell or whatever. And so having those little conversations were huge to have Rick Anko on the mm-hmm. bus next to me on the flight from L.A. to New York to talk about this. Like, thank you, Lord, for putting for sure. in there next to me. Like, there's nobody else on the planet. And I so I think it was like a gift yeah. to learn what was really going. Like, because I wasn't the guy like, hope nobody knows. I was kind of like, hey, is everybody <laughs> seeing this pump fake? Yeah. Does everybody see this? I, I I did have a, a question. I mean, a lot of the, the stuff that you guys are talking about with the, the mental aspect of the game is fascinating. And I wonder too, it is a little different than a little different than the yips, but spring training right around the corner for, for the major leaguers playing now. And I wonder because you guys, especially playing as long as you did, you probably got in not only a physical routine, but a mental routine in the offseason to get yourself ready for spring training. Now that you've kind of, I guess now that you guys have been retired from the game for for a little while, do you ever still, because I've heard some major leaguers talk about or former major leaguers talk about when they retire, when it starts getting around this time, you know, February or whatever, they're like, shoot, I'm behind on my preparation. And they're like, oh, wait, I'm not playing anymore. Do you guys ever get, do you guys ever feel that where maybe, you know, your bodies are kind of itching to like get back in some sort of playing shape or has that kind of, does it go away that I guess the longer you've, you've been away from the game. Out of shape. The guy's in better shape than he was when he was in his, during his career. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I can do all the things I want to do now instead of squat for you guys. That's right. <laughs> but uh, there, I mean, that was a good question. Like when I got done playing, it was, I, I still felt like, Athletically, I could move and I could. So I got into long drive, professional long drive with golf. Ooh. And and so that kind of helped me transition, if you will, into, uh, you know, not being an athlete, say leaving for spring training. But uh, yeah, I still, I can feel it. And I think maybe I intentionally don't, because my kids get going and stuff like that. You can't, I think it's in our DNA. You can't not yeah. feel that. It's spring training, right? So, um, hey Buck, there is a little, there is a little bit of that there. We love your chin. Let me see your eyes, dude. You got you. I mean, you're, you're. We, we're seeing from your nose, from your nose up. There we go. There, go. there we go. We want to see all of John Buck right here. There we go. So what's what shows up to me? It looks like it's the from. You can see it when it's when it's all four of us. Like I'm sure what Jason's looking at, he can see all four of us right now. The actual recording clip, you can see all of John. It just is a little smaller for what all of us can see. So don't worry, we can see all of. Running all the uh, technical technicalities. Hey, you know, Jace, Jace, just throw the ball. Us guys, the supporting (laughs) cast, will you know just hey here right here, Jace. Just go like this and execute. This guy. This is why he had the mic. mic I see the relationship, man. (laughs) Like in front of the bus, you know. That's right. Hey, now that we got a pitcher and a catcher on here, uh, I wanted to bring this up, and I'm surprised you haven't gotten to the question first. Okay. 
I want to know your guys' thoughts on the ABS system that's coming out. Automatic ball and strike uh, software that's being implemented. I think in the AAA now, it's been in the lower yeah. ranks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be AAA, the Syracuse Mets. What do you want to do? I, I can... All I'm going to say is, uh, again, I love baseball. I hate the brand. I hate what they're doing to the game. Mm. The game that I grew up on, it's no longer mine. Um, I, I, you know, The thing that keeps revolving around the speed of the game uh, my answer is, I'm sorry. I don't know why everybody's in such a rush because five to seven seconds of whatever they're doing, right? I'm going to bring up this device again, uh, just like you did, John. Everybody's so worried about speeding up the game. Well, if you don't want to go to the game, forget about life and everything. Everybody used to know that you're going to play and sit at a ball game, watch a ball game for at least two and a half, three hours. I don't know what 20 seconds of your life you're missing out on, but everybody's scrolling anyways i go to any sporting event now and they got a bone in the back of their heads because they're scrolling and and, and, you know whatever they're worried about their social media who hit them up on linkedin if you know the kids uh are okay at home whatever's going on um so you know everybody's trying to make this game condense into a three hour two and a half hour uh, condense it then shorten the game play with two outs instead of three i don't know but I, you know, take Jay, but time. what is that you think it'll do to pitchers, knowing what? that you got to hit a zone? You can't feel out the umpire, right? Try to test that. him a little bit. This is a game that's played by human beings, not robots. And you know, if we want to play stratomatic baseball and uh, <laughs> flip a coin kind of thing, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, they've already brought it to do challenges, but they're bringing betting into the game. So, you know. Uh, I think that there's there's a whole different wavelength of so many different ways you can sidebar this. Do I like it? Short answer. Heck, no. I don't like it. Absolutely not. What about and, – and how about, John, from your – I can imagine. And what about from a catcher's perspective too? Because part of the art of catching – you talk about pitch framing. Framing. What about that? Because, I mean, if, especially if there's going to be automatic like, balls and strikes, you know – yeah, because right right now with the with uh, with all the data we're getting, and you see yeah. the way that catchers are maneuvering, uh, mm-hmm. catching the ball, going into the zone, that'll right now it's sixteen to twenty four with the good catchers, Ramunto and uh, uh, those catchers like that, and yeah, yeah. they're they're making twenty four percent difference on certain pitches. That's a, that's a pretty big da- drastic swing, and then. When you any of those counts that you go from 0 1 1 or 2 2 counts, and that's 20, you take away that 24%, that's changing the game. And that is a human part of the game that's that perfectly imperfect. Now we're going to take that away and give it to a machine. I, I don't, I don't like it for that reason. I, and I'm one for evolving with technology, using the yeah. data to do this stuff, using that data to hold the umpires accountable. I think that's right. great. Um, using that as a tool to sounds familiar. You know, you know, give feedback because we'll find a baseball player. We'll find a way that it's giving me answers somehow through the data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be some sort of way I can cheat the system. Pitchers are going to find a way to cheat the clock, whether it's the the base runners, whether it's the throwing. I'm already thinking as a catcher, how can I cheat? If I don't need to frame this anymore. My position, I become a, like a, a, a really quick ball return. 
Mm. Like I'm not standing the way I'm already thinking how I'm going to evolve. So you could see it's changing. It's making me think changing how I played the position. So that's just yeah. thinking how my brain's going to be. So you tell me that's not going to change the game drastically. You're out of your mind. And may, and if that's mm. what they want to do, like what Jason's saying, that's why I think he, you get so many drastic opinions about this is because I think it will change the game. This is one that I think will change the game and take away some of the beautiful, unperfect human element of what it is, is what makes me, makes, makes me be the artist and know, right. I know this hitter. I know that this hitter and Joe West, were just getting into it. I'm going to use that human element and get me that answer too. You Interesting. Know? What about yeah. the emotional aspect of it, guys? I mean, you sit there and go, you know, you, that I know it's right there. You argue with the guy, like you've been giving this to me all game. Right. The emotion, fans get an emotion. If okay, we're worried about the speed of the game. I think that's going to dull the emotion of the game because it's going to be sitting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you can't argue with that. That's so everybody's going to be. Just yeah, it's a very good point. This. Yep. It's yeah. something that I think of, yeah. too, as a fan, too. It's the same way because kind of what you just said is part of being a fan, part of what I like about being a baseball fan is sometimes complaining about calls that <laughs> the umpire makes or appreciating when you have a catcher on your team that can steal strikes for your team because you just appreciate that art. But then you also appreciate kind of the beauty and also like the mystery of the game of baseball, which is that, you know, Stuff like that can happen all the time where inches and that human element, that human error can make such a massive difference in a game and you just won't have that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I just brought up the 001122 count, not yeah. alone that two out pitches that are nipping the corner. Maybe, maybe they nip them, but no oh, baseball, that's not it because of the way the game's set up a different way and it's, and it nips it and, it's the pitch that everybody's like, what the hell? And the computer's going to go strike. And right. everybody's going to be like, what? The Here's, a game. Here's a game, guys. We'll bring up yeah. somebody. I was actually traded for this guy. LeVon Hernandez Ooh. in 1997 through that 15 strikeout game, right? Yeah, but that one, that one's, I see, this is where I think technology would help because that's ridiculous. I'm just, no, this is, I'm just giving an example of where you're either for it or against it. That yeah. game could have changed the, the drastics of maybe the, you know, the Marlins went to the World Series that year. Yeah. LeVon Hernandez, they're riding his arm and he, you know, riding that wave. <laughs> 15 Ks. If you look at the strikes he was getting. Oh, my goodness. Zone, oh, man. Like, and that's what I'm saying. The element of that emotion, just take the emotion of that and the conversation and all the um, content of all the sports shows, ESPN, talk shows, radio shows, that we're talking about that game. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see LeBron James's? Did you see that? That's what we do in sports. Right. And we're gonna take we're gonna take some of that and go, what are we gonna do with what what kind of things are gonna come out of this robot? Do you see that you see that robot call it and nobody gives <laughs> shit about it? Did you see that? That's what's gonna be like. Oh, that's gonna great. It's gonna be on their phones. They're gonna be on their phones anyway. Well it's it, it's like it reminds me of that uh I'm trying to I think it was Greg Maddox through like a, a complete game in like 78 pitches or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And some oh, of the absolutely. calls that he was getting were like a couple of balls off the plate each side. But since he just kept consistently dotting that up, the umpire just kept giving him that and giving it. And then he would and go another centimeter Maddox. off. And it's well, you, just, thought you, you would watch Lopez and he knew 
you watch Lopez because he was his catcher. He'd use that big old body mm-hmm. just to move out there just a little bit more, and he would you would watch over the course of the game. So here's this human element. Here's me as a catcher. Yeah, I'm watching Lopez do that, and then yeah. later hearing sitting there in Round Rock, hearing why he and Mike and Greg and even mm. Nolan are doing that catcher. The reason they're telling me that is they're saying, hey, when my catcher would do this, I would get – that's gone now. So that little – It's very depressing. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gone. And that's what made Nolan yeah. and the Maddoxes the best in the game. And hearing yeah. that, I got to hear that from both of them of why their catcher yeah. got the most out of them from the two of the arguably the best in the game at controlling the fastball. That doesn't even matter now. That information they give me is irrelevant now if we got a, if we got a computer back there. Hey, but what do you say to Bucky, just the, the style uh, of pitching? I mean, you got guys like Maddox, legendary Hall of Famers, Dude. throwing six to 88, painting, sinking it, it's maybe striking out three in a complete game. It still had 3,000 strikeouts, by the way. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. <laughs> now, Perry, yeah, no big you know, deal. Little side note. His style <laughs> to today's where, you know, again, I and I question these guns, the, the type of radar guns we're using, everybody's getting up to 105 and it's creeping up to MPHs uh, where they're getting the ball out of the hand and stuff like that. But there's no dotting uh, it up uh, uh, as much as it did in the past, right? It wasn't sure. the focus. Hey, Hit you can dot a Nat's ass and, and get out there and see how much the umpire is going to give you. Whereas now it's a power game. Rear back, throw yeah. hard as you can, kid. We want you to throw a hundred, and I can hang my hat on that instead of. Well, Jay, we were talking about that earlier about back in the day. If you were throwing the low nineties, yeah, it was you were you were you were dealing. You yeah, know, well, the mid nineties guys, yeah, it was like, yeah. Guys used to be like, "Holy cow, he's throwing 98." Now everybody seems to be throwing 98. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're throwing, sli- they're throwing cutters and sliders at 98. Their fastballs are 102, 104. Kenny Rogers, who I played with in Detroit, he used to always say, even to us, Joe's and "You guys get to throw a billion." It wasn't his style. He was a lefty throwing, topping out at 90, 91. You know, and uh, different style, different. Learned how to make it go. Well, it's funny. Uh, uh, Mike was telling me because now he's the spot with the Rangers. You know, he's going from uh, from one pitching job from St. Louis, obviously yeah. good history baseball. Yep. Kind of the regime is changing, right? Yeah. The the theory or the coaching staff, which is great, is changing. Yeah. I don't think it was an unsatisfied with a job. It's just the, you know theory or whatever, or methodology sure. or, or, or beliefs. Uh, Mike pitched a contact. Right, his thing is so on one of his arguments. Well, let's pitch to contact, get out of here in less innings. Now, there's new regimes, new people, new conversation. Is like, what? Why would you pitch to contact, idiot? <laughs> right. Throw, throw a billion and get three <laughs> swings and misses. Right, and so pitch away from contact rather than. And so there's some things that uh, through experience and knowing how to do that. That's that. That's why those guys and those experiences, those Maddoxes and Nolans, it's it's hard to replace that experience. When they're able to give it out and know how to use and manipulate things like that, that's, that's why they're special. Man. Really, I was telling you earlier about the days of the Jamie Moyers. Oh, yeah. you know? legend. He knows how to use. He would use, so he would use when I'd get up there and you start feeling good, he'd be like, oh, I got this young kid 
right where I want them. Right? <laughs> I would start, yeah. And then it was like, boom, 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 like three swings as that changeup is halfway there. He would see yeah. that young kid and be able to use that. That's that experience and saying, oh, you've been seeing that. I know how to use that eye and pitch to your contact. I want you swinging. And that's that. It's incredible. You don't see that. You don't see that now. It's it's reverse. Yeah. You don't ever see that. Uh, this is and and I know I know I know your answer would obviously be Grilly, but who is who's the second most talented pitcher that you've ever caught, John? That you can rem- I mean, um, if, if whether it's I mean, stuff or velocity, whatever you're well, thinking I think, of. I think uh, Harvey when he was right that yeah. first year when we were just with the Met, like mm. we saw that. That was of course, yeah. That, was, that tugs I, at my the, heartstrings a little bit. The only other person I was able to witness that sitting there and be able to see yeah. something special is obviously Zach Greinke. Um, mm. He was super good. And Mark Burley, knowing, you know, as professional yeah. as he is, Josh Johnson. But uh, it's maybe, I, I think, overall longevity, put it all together to say they do it is obviously Zach. And and the things Did, that I the things that he would do that have made him great that make me go wow is remember we he and I were the youngest battery crew at one point and while wow. that was being on while that was being on right we're both trying to prove ourselves this some guns throwing John we're only going to throw changeups today I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm like what I'm like we're just trying to make everybody think we belong Zach and you want to just throw change up the whole spring training game yeah i want to see what they do like okay that's awesome but i mean he's 12 doing that in his first spring training he was able to look and analyze the game very special that's what separated him is him to be able to do it and he wasn't intimidated or phased and maybe there were some things that made him a little quirky that were offshoots of that but the plus side of that quirkiness he was able to look at the game very uniquely, and because of that, I think he has he's had a lot of success. And that's that. Hey, who's that different person? And I think that's what makes him different. That goat. If you everybody s- seems to have a Zach Greinke story that's played with him. Is there? I know you just mentioned that where he went out into spring training starting. He's like, yeah, we're only going to throw changeups today. Are there? Is there another story maybe that sticks out to you um, during <laughs> your time playing with him? I, I mean, I just said this one onto another podcast i think it was a with that royals podcast i just did and they asked this question because zach mm-hmm. has so many of them because i think he's just authentic he's just saying yeah. literally what's on in his mind and he's usually right and he has purpose and it's not if it's going to hurt your feelings check it at the door and that's kind of what this <laughs> one was it was when he was i was doing a lot of his game plans because i get really into it being the starter positioning all the stuff you should do miguel oliva was the other catcher he wasn't, uh, I don't know, his, he was more go on instinct. He wasn't into the game planning as much as I would. Is that put it nicely that way. And I would kind of do all this stuff for, for Zach and be really prepared and have answers because he was well-educated. But it got to the point where we were kind of rolling and hitting Mitch which days, and Zach was wanting to be a little more consistent. He had voiced that. But he hadn't told me the real reasons. And one day it was just so matter of fact, it was uh, in a meeting. And, hey, John, I talked with uh, Trey. Uh, you're too smart. You make me think too much. Miguel's my catcher. <laughs> and then I like, got up, turned around, walked away. And I'm like, 
No, no, you're in the middle of like a Cy Young race. I don't oh want to be excluded on this. But it was at, I mean, for a good reason. I was able to sit back and think about it. But it was like, Zach, you're ripping my soul out. Oh, and you're just man. Gonna, you don't want to talk about it. You're going to turn around. You're too smart, which made me believe. It was maybe like, maybe you're too dumb because I like <laughs> what I'm throwing. And so it, was, it wasn't much of a conversation. It was his matter of fact. This will help me perform better, which it did. And he and later wow. I was like, "Hey, you can't do that. You got to give me more of this because you crushed my soul here." <laughs> it was like, "Yeah, I think too much because I want to throw something, and I think you're smarter, so I, I go off of it." But he didn't give me all that. That was like a month down the road where I was like, "Zach, you gotta, you gotta give me some more here, bro." You had to earn you that part. Say, yeah, yeah. Say, who cares that I've been working with him just to be at the field? the last year or two, right? And then he wants right. to bug out on me and not have my catcher. So that was a weird Zach experience because it was right. Yeah, I get why he was doing it and he was right. But it was a, an exchange that you're kind of left like, hey, bro, <laughs> like we're not ending this relationship. Just like, peace out. I'm pitching good, Be, you know. And it was in Zach form of, um, you just make me think too much. You're too smart. <laughs> and then I'll turn around and walk away. I was like, um, all right. So it was only in Zach fashion. It's incredible. Thank you. Hey, John, from a catcher's perspective. See, J- Jason does that. Jason does that. He's going to give me a reason why he wants to throw to uh, Inet or whoever. <laughs> right? He wouldn't just say, because, and then, like, walk away. <laughs> It'll be more dramatics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He'll uh, give you, like, a real reason. Yeah. In the ear com. Hey, John, from your perspective as a catcher, what separates the elite pitchers from everybody else? Like, what's what's that one thing that they're doing? At least in your mind. Okay, I touched I I touched on o o one one and two two. Mm-hmm. They control that count, and I can throw their first, second, third pitch. And if they're super good, there's Zach Greinke or Harvey. I can throw that fourth pitch in that o o one one two two counts that I need to have my pitch where normally it's your third pitch or fourth pitch for a reason. The reason that's a good weapon is now I can go to that third or fourth pitch and pitch off my first or second pitch because that third or fourth pitch adds this to it, not just front to back, but also Mm. adds like a Zach or a Harvey when I would use his slider in on lefties as like a cutter, but it's a Mm. slide. It was a true slider, but he's throwing that son of gun at 98. I can use that now. As a side, for an example, right? Him and Zach were able to do that and change speeds and, and say, all right, I'll throw Zach's changeup, which was his fourth pitch, and I'll use it this way on a 2-2 count. Where normally, say, a uh, at the time, a Jimmy Gobble or whatever, I wouldn't throw his – or an Elvis Hernandez, I wouldn't throw his third pitch because they didn't, they didn't have that. They didn't have that. They barely had the third pitch. <laughs> they barely had the second pitch executed when we need to. Zach was doing that on this third and fourth pitch in a mm. two-two count. That's that yeah. special thing. Crazy. Wow. That gives tools that I can just do all sorts of things with, front to back, side to side. You're not just one-dimensional. You're four-dimensional, if you will. Man. And it's if you're Zach, you're a little screw loose because you'll be like, I can't get Vladimir out, so I'm going to throw a BP fastball down. The-. You have this, you know, that little – Major oh, yeah. League that yeah. guy who says, you don't have a cojones. He has yeah. those. And to be able to be like, all right, and then throw that and see Vladdy like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Boom. <laughs> like, 
hit it over the third base dugout. And that's the only thing him able to do. He has whatever that eighth, ninth tool he has to make people do weird things. Incredible. And it gets so us I all guess... talking to him. <laughs> this type of stuff. Yeah. He's yeah. doing, he's, he's toying with people. <laughs> so I was just going to add it here and the hitter's head. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane. I could talk about I we could talk about this all day. Oh, yeah, I feel course. like and and the funny part is I think when we originally were thinking about having you on, John, it was like, Oh yeah, we'll do a little little ten, fifteen minute interview and then do some other stuff. But I love the fact that we basically just did the entire episode and you were basically a second co host with us. So it was <laughs> awesome. It was so much fun. Well, I'm I'm glad we and, and podcasts are are fun and unique because I've I've found I always have this list when I was doing them. I have this list of topics I want to do, but it seems like when you get in a conversation like this yeah. and you have people that are passionate, it's a the flaw. conversation leads itself. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't think, we didn't say, hey, let's talk about like confidence and throwing yeah. <laughs> and how to mound visit confidence out of this. Like it wasn't that, it was just an ebb and flow. And when you do that with like-minded people, I think it's pretty easy. So I appreciate you having me. Better yet, hey. I'll send out a fun note. John Buck, not only... You, you hit one bomb off of me, right, John? Did I really? Did I really? I didn't even <laughs> know I had the one. You nice. had the one out of, one out of 10 ABs. I, I, somehow I tricked you the other nine, I guess. But... Detroit. It had to be Detroit early <laughs> yeah, on, yes. right? Kansas City versus the Tigers. You were in my division. Fun fact. You guys can bring in some video, right, to this whole segment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so Buck's a pretty big guy. He, he did mention earlier in the show, and I want to do a fun fact for people who don't know what guys do in their retirement. John decided to trade his bat in for a uh, driver. And there I just sent you the link to his long drive competition when he was trying to be a pro. It was a pro long drive contest. 48th in the world. At one. So, you know. Okay. So, I mean, that's good. Uh, yeah. Way below, way below, way below Berkshire. And those, I quit because I was like, I can't move the club fast as those guys. So don't get it <laughs> twisted. I was, I was down there, but I belong. It Still looks cool. fast enough if you could put up this clip for people to just check out or Absolutely. provide it in the, in the description or whatever after the show. Splice that in because Bucky's a great guy. He's a good businessman. He's uh, I'm lucky to say that he's my friend, and uh, I wish he lived uh, a little bit closer in my zip code. But uh, it's my turn to go out to Salt Lake, buddy, and uh, come visit you. I think uh, these guys could come along with, and we'd have a good time, as we did here today. We could and do the whole episode in person. Absolutely. And we, then right. we can go skiing afterwards. There you go. Come on out. We're in. We're booking our tickets. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Justin, yeah, get on that. We'll, we'll start a little business trip. My own visit. Who, other, who better to have than John Buck, my, my buddy, uh, Agree. on three different teams? Well, I feel Absolutely. honored. And uh, like I said, I think this, uh, this is going to be awesome with Jason and Mound Visit. It's a topic that seems easy and self-explanatory and I'm just happy I get to be the first one because Jason's been talking about it since I said we're going to date ourselves. 2013, (laughs) 2013. You finally did it. You finally started a podcast or some sort of radio show. I think at the time, I don't think podcasts were a thing. I think it was a radio show that you were talking about. Right? Yeah. Whatever your idea was. Yeah. But anyways, kind of cool. All our brain stuff that came out of our mouth and brain. Here it is. We're finally doing it, man. Well, awesome. Awesome.
amazing. Well, any, yeah, uh, anyways. Casey was graduating out of high school <laughs> when you were deciding about doing the right. first mound visit. When yeah, we were right. talking about mound visit, Corey's like, hey, mom, I'm leaving for high school. <laughs> See ya. So, might, that might have even I might have been right before high school to be honest with you. I don't want to I don't want to make you feel you, you son <laughs> of a bitch, Casey. You son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> oh man. Well, on that note, guys, thank you so much everyone who's watching for My tuning pleasure. in and listening. John, thank you so much for taking the time. Jason, as always, and Justin from here inside the uh, the Top 100 Sports Network studio. Um, we will see you guys next week. Make sure to subscribe and like the video and uh, we'll keep getting more out, and hopefully we'll be able to sit down with John again uh, real soon. No doubt. All right. Thanks, fellas.